Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. No, it's not Hurley. Once again, Kyrie had to sit the game out, so Jason Tatum is going to have to make it happen. It's your favorite co-host, Kelvin Harris. Uh, Hurley uh, couldn't make it today. He's uh, making the Merritt Island Mustangs a better program, and I'm all for that. But I do have a special guest as my guest host, a former number one draft pick. Was it the 2000 draft, D-Lou? 2001. 2001 draft. He missed being on the greatest team in college football history by one year, but he helped set the table for that team with his work. It's my man, a 10-year NFL veteran, uh, Carolina Panthers, St. Louis Rams, my man Damian Lewis. D. Lou, what's good? Ain't nothing to it, man. I appreciate you guys having me on the show today. Hey, man, you know, we're going to talk about something that you know a lot about. Football. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean that. Every day. <laughs> just in case you've been living under a rock, last weekend the NFL held its annual college draft and uh, had some interesting things happen during that during this past weekend. Me and D. Lou are going to go over the draft. Um, we're going to talk about who we think came out smelling like a rose, and then we're also going to talk about the teams we think that are going to come out smelling like a porter, porter john Also, there was, his, <laughs> there was history made with five quarterbacks going in the uh, first round. This is the first, it's only the third time this ever happened, but in this case, it was the first time in the draft's history that they had four quarterbacks drafted in the top ten. So we're going to talk about the quarterbacks in this draft, and I got a, I got a personal view of the number one pick and what's what it's, it's kind of contradictory to um what the, the the browns are thinking and it's crazy because one of the guys that's involved with that decision is a former Kane, and he's a he's an opinionated guy so i know he's not gonna like my opinion on the subject but hey that's that's what opinions are for um also me and d lou are going to share our draft stories actually Let's start with that. Now, family, we got an interesting situation here. Damian Lewis was a first-round draft pick. What number were you? Twelve. Ironically, I was in the last 12-round draft, and I was a 12th-round draft pick, number 312. So 300 spots separate us. Now, we always hear the stories about the first-round draft picks, and they show pictures of you, and probably Scott is sitting on the couch with dip in your mouth, waiting for somebody to call you. First hour or so of the draft, mine is completely, mine is completely opposite. First of all, the draft was on a Saturday. The first day was on a Saturday. No, my bad. It was on a Sunday, and it started at twelve, and then the second day was on a Monday. So, uh, 91 season, we win the national title. I hurt my MCL the last regular season game. I rehabbed all through bowl practice, and I basically played the game at about 80% against Nebraska. We still ran their ass out the stadium. 
so overrated. By the way, that year we beat Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Tom Coughlin, and uh, Tom Osborne, all in one year. So I don't go to the combine. I'm still healing up. Now, the statute of limitations is over, so I can say this. I basically had an agent for my sophomore year on, um, unofficially. <laughs> and I didn't even play that much. My guy from my hometown, New Magic Johnson's agent, a guy by the name of Dr. Charles Tucker, and he was like a mentor to me. So um, after the after the after the bowl game, he said, "I'm gonna do your contract. I'm not gonna even charge you anything because I wouldn't. I mean, I can't even pay my light bill with what I'm gonna get off of you." So we go around, and I don't go to the combine, but I get a call from the Rams. They fly me in. So Tuck says, hey, man, they're going to draft you. I say, you think? He says, no, they don't just fly people in just for the hell of it. They want to see how your leg is, somebody in the organization like you, blah, 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 blah. So I get out to L.A., and I'm like, man, L.A. So they take me over. I see the, the orthopedic people. They check me out. I, I checked out good. I had the meetings. Now, D. Lou, you probably took a few meetings. Uh, Few few flights out to see teams. I'm assuming too, right? Yes, I did. But you were a first round draft. I was so naive to this. I didn't realize how 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 true that was, because nobody was taking visits. But guys, it was, you know, first 20, 30 picks. So they come to the pro day, and um, I remember Jim Hannafin was the running was the O line coach for the uh, Redskins, and he worked me and Leon Searcy and Claude Jones out. And he was one of the all-time great O-line coaches. And so yeah. after the after the workout, he comes up to me and says, hey, I'm going to give you my number. Keep in touch. I was like, okay, I got the red skins. And then the, a scout from the, front, from the Rams called me up and said, look, we're looking at you. So we get we get the draft weekend. So I called Frank up. That was the scout's name. And Frank said, look. We're going to draft three linemen in this draft, one in the early the, the, the early rounds, one in the middle rounds, one in the late rounds. You ain't going in the, mer- in the early or the late round or middle rounds. We're probably, if you get picked from us, it's going to be between round 9 to 12. So don't even think about getting picked until round 9. Nobody's Now, mind you, he didn't say just them. He said, look, nobody's going to even look at you until round 9 because you're too small. So I watched the draft on Sunday as a fan, like I'd done so many other times. So Sunday morning, the drafts, or Monday morning, I know the draft's going to start like at 9 or 10. So I called Frank. I said, yo, Frank, what's up? How are we going to do this? He's like, hey, relax, man. I told you. It's too early. Don't be calling me this early. <laughs> so they, they called me in round 10, the, the – um, the PR guy, his name Rick Smith. He says, "Hey man, look like we're gonna pick you. Hold on, let me get the secretary so we can get your information." So he puts me on hold. He comes back and says, "Oh man, there was a guy available. Your old line coach got overruled. We're gonna get you in the eleventh round because we got the first two picks of the eleventh round. Call you back." And then he hangs up. So now, my emotions. <laughs> have gone through a roller coaster. Yeah. So they called me back. They called me back on the 11th round. And um, they say, hold on again. 
And then he comes back again and says, hey, um, look, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> a receiver was available. We had to take him. But we are going to take you with our 12th round pick. Now, mind you, Jim Hannafin had told me that Friday. He said, look, if you ain't got picked after the 11th round, call me and I'll pick you. I got you. Well, the Redskins had the last pick in the draft. I was going to be Mr. Irrelevant. I was going to get a parade. I was going to get some money. So I called Jim. Jim said, I got you. I'm glad you called when you did. So I'm sitting there and the phone rings. I'm thinking it's Jim Hannafin in the draft over. Oh, it's the Rams. It's like, yeah, we picked you with the fourth pick. Hold on. We got to get your information. We're going to send some roses to your mama. Now, I was happy, but I was kind of pissed, too, because I wanted that parade, D. Lou. And, yeah, and to his word, they picked the center. They picked Jimbo Elliott's brother, Matt Elliott, who was the center at Michigan. They picked him instead of me. He got the parade, bastard. But, you know, it was a great story, but I'm happy to have gotten drafted because being a free agent, that's no fun. Now, your story, go ahead and tell your happy story because we know it's happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked to the Carolina Panthers probably um, a week before the draft, and uh, I'd been in constant contact with the Rams. They, you know, pretty much the D-line coach came down and did a uh, workout. You know, on our pro day, he pulled me to the side to watch film with him, and he flat out told me at that point, if you're available, we're going to take you. At that time, they hadn't traded um, they hadn't traded uh, Kevin uh, Carter or any of those guys and accumulated all the picks that they did in the first round. So what they ended up doing is make some trades and end up getting three picks in the first round. But he had already told me that I was going to be, you know, one of the guys they are going to pick. So... I went out on a visit. You know, I went out and visited Cleveland. Butch just got the job there. Went out and visited uh, the Cleveland Browns. And then uh, a week later, went out and visited uh, Baltimore and visited with the uh, Ravens and all that stuff. And um, then, you know, when the draft came around, won another draft. You know, I'm expecting to go either 12 or 18 at that point because I believe that's the pick uh, that the uh, Rams had. And then they had the 31st pick. So, um I actually went out and went fishing. I had a cousin named Clinton Neal. <laughs> ran, you know, he ran in Barcelona, ran the uh, 400 hurdles, you know, in 92. So, you know, we went out. He swung by the house, scooped me up. We went fishing. Went out to a good friend of ours who, uh, you know, daddy had a really nice bass pond, crappy and stuff like that. So we went out there and we wore them out. You know, we got up early. It was up like 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, catching that morning sun, catching that morning bite. And we flat warm out, dipping them out the whole nine. Drank a few dilly dilly. And then, <laughs> um, you know, went on to the house, got showered up. You know, by the time I got home, Vic had just went off the board. And uh, Lena Davis had just went off the board. So I went and showered up, got in the house, went and helped my daddy flip a few burgers and, you know, made a plate, sit down on the floor. And about, you know, an hour later, I got the phone call. Now, now were you the first D tackle taken? I was not the first D tackle taken. Gerard Warren and um and um what's the name? Um gosh money. Big fella from um from Georgia that played at uh New England. Um, oh Richard Seymour. 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 Yeah, Richard Seymour was uh they were the first two guys taken. And uh I think it was one more. I was the fourth defensive tackle taken. How much did you we win then? I was two eighty five, soaking wet. <laughs> with wow. a pocket full of water. 
barely 285. So you didn't think about going to New York? Or they nah, didn't invite they back opportunity. Back yeah, they got they they got that uh they got that taken care of pretty quick, you know. So uh they were they were hell bent on getting me, you know, Love It just became a defensive coordinator and they were looking for a three technique. So when I fit the bill, they wanted a, you know, undersized, quick off the ball, good, you know, upper body strength, good at penetrating, uh style defensive tech, uh defensive tackle, and that that was what I was, that's what I did. Well, you know, you just saw two varying um, stories of the draft. There's so many stories. Um, I, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I wasn't, I was never in any duress in my situation because, you know, the NFL people, let me tell you something, the NFL people are so honest with you, you know, they, whether you want to hear it or not, they tell you the truth. So I yeah, never, I never, I mean, that's the best way to operate in this game. There's no need in playing with guys' emotions. You need to be straight up with guys. Just kind of wish agents would be that way with the players, the same way that your pro teams are. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go over the first 10 picks of the draft, um, and we're going to give our good and our bad uh, teams that hit a home run and teams that struck out like John Carlos Stanton did last night. <laughs> 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 so, so when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk the 2018 draft and uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. Me and D. Lou. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're talking big game adventures this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. While most seasons are still months away, that doesn't mean we can't start preparing for our fall pursuits right now. Joining us is Jenna Waller, host of Skullbound TV, Derek Ratliff, president and founder of Horizon Firearms, plus Tom and Nick of Become One. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. is the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show all right 
family, we back. I'm Kelvin Harris, your host for the day. Uh, I'm Jason Tatum in, in, in the scheme of things because Kyrie Irving, your man Hurley Brown, Coach Brown is out making the Merritt Island Mustangs better. So he told me to go ahead and take all the shots today, but I said, no, nah, I want to pass a little bit too. So I brought in my man Damian Lewis. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here in sunny Fort Lauderdale. It's 86 degrees. The sun is out. I'm actually chilling at my my favorite Panera bread. I had me my good corn chowder, so I had the pregame meal. I'm ready to go. What's the weather like in Charlotte, uh, D. Lou? Actually, it ain't bad, man. Woke up this morning, it was 55 degrees, and the sun came out, low humidity. We sitting about 78 right now, you know, ain't a cloud in the sky. Uh, everybody around here is getting revved up because Tiger Woods and company in town for the Wells Fargo Championship. You know, I got my little media pass, so I'll be out there shortly tomorrow, you know, to be able to watch some of the Pro-Am stuff. And, uh, hey, man, it's exciting. It's exciting times right here in uh, North Carolina, buddy. I'm a little jealous that you're going to see Tiger this week. But, hey, you know, he'll be in Florida, so I may I may try and make a, make a trip to see him. Now, looking at this draft, let's go over the first ten picks. Cleveland had the first pick and the fourth pick. So with the first pick, they take Baker Mayfield, a quarterback. No right. surprise. They needed one. Uh, second pick was the Giants. They needed a running back. They took the best one and probably, I think, the best player in the draft, Saquon Barkley. The Jets followed that up with taking Sam Darnold. They needed a quarterback. They got one. Then Cleveland comes back with the number four pick and gets cornerback uh, Denzel Ward of Ohio State. Ah. I mean, I know they needed some help in the secondary, but uh, Bradley Chubb was sitting there. You know, I don't know about that pick. I mean, that that's a questionable pick. That was the first questionable pick to me. And so then number six is the Colts. In my opinion, no, excuse me, number five is the Broncos. And they got, who did they get? Oh, they Bradley got Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Yeah. Now, yes. The fact that they allowed Denver to pick up Bradley Chubb and put him on the other side from Bob Miller, that should be a crime right there in itself. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, the coach, the coach, let's look what the coach did. They basically said, look, we got to firm up the guard and center situation for Andrew Luck. So they go out and get, and in my opinion, a plug-and-play pro bowler in um, – Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. I like that guy. He is uh, he's a he's a bruiser. Then Buffalo comes back with their quarterback Josh Allen, who I think fits their situation better than any of the other quarterbacks because he's got a uh, uh, a missile on his on his shoulders and he's big. He's six four. He's two thirty five. There's a little controversy about some of the tweets. We'll get into that. Um, then the Bears with the eighth pick. They take um, Roquan Smith, who was the was the best linebacker in the draft. Makes their defense better. And then San Francisco comes back and takes the second Notre Dame lineman in the top ten. It's never happened before. Mike McGlinchey. He'll be their right tackle. And then finally, Arizona, they get Josh Rosen, who I think fits their situation. I mean, I think... Other than the first quarterback, all of the quarterbacks went where they should have gone as far as, like, the best situation for them. 
what are your thoughts on this first pick, man? I mean, I think they messed Personally, it up. I believe it's a reach. I felt like Cleveland would have been better off going with Saquon Barkley or going with the Bradley Chubb as a first pick. But I know they picked a defensive player with the first pick last year. So, in my opinion, I feel like they should have won defense, defense. I don't really mind the Denzel Ward pick. He's a good cornerback. He's the best cornerback of this class. And they need help in their secondary. But for me, I feel like they already wouldn't got Tyrod Taylor, who fits their, what they need to be doing offensively because they're going to be a, a strong defensive football team. They were last year. They played great defense. And, you know, they've addressed some of their offensive issues in the, uh, in the offseason. So I really felt like, you know, getting um, Saquon Barkley, you know, to add on to that run game and then backing that up with a Bradley Chubb or vice versa, I think that would have fit them a lot better. I, I agree. Well, actually, this is what I thought they should have did. I thought they should have drafted Saquon Barkley number one. All right. right, so then that puts the Giants in a bad situation because they probably wanted Saquon Barkley. And there's you know a couple of other running backs that are good, but you can't pick them number two. So now if you're the no. Giants, what do you do? You know, um, do you, you trade know, down? Giants, what you do is you probably end up going with an offensive lineman. You know, that's when you jump and stretch and you go get a Quentin Nelson because they got to show up that offensive line because their biggest issue in New York is keeping Eli Manning off his back. You know, they're, they were looking to deal Eric Flowers and stuff like that, and they never got anything done with that. But, you know, they are offensive linemen deficient. They don't have guys that are – you know, able to keep the quarterback upright, which is a big problem that they had this past season. And they also need a running back. So those two were the biggest needs that I thought the Giants needed coming into the draft. Well, they lost JPP. If 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 Barkley hadn't been there, I really believe they would have picked Bradley Chubb because they lost JPP to the Bucks. So now at number three, the Jets are sitting there. They got their pick. They probably still pick Sam Donald. And then at four... <laughs> you get a quarterback. You got a choice. You probably still could have got Baker Mayfield, which, look, I'm just going to say it, D-Lou. He's not a top-ten quarterback. Like, when I do no, my quarterback. And that's when what I'm I did saying. My, like, this is a kid that I wouldn't even waste to pick on definitely in the top ten. You know, they got much more needs in Cleveland outside of a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor just took an offense on a team who had been to the playoffs since 2000 to the playoffs. Like, let's be honest here. Buffalo has not been a playoff team since 2000. And it's wow. 27, 17 years. They have not been about, to the playoffs. And he and think about this after team. they pinched him for a game, for a quarterback, would, they put out just, set a record in picks in one game. I was just about to say, they tried to sabotage the dude because they didn't like him. And they tried to put the, the, the Nathan Peterman in there, and he messed up the plans. But look at this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely destroyed the plan. Oh, yeah, he killed the plan. Look at this, D-Lou. When I do my quarterback rankings for this draft, this is how I, I had them. And I do it because the abilities are somewhat similar. So I look at who has played closest to a pro system. So right. I would give Josh Allen the first rate. I'd rank him number one because he's got a Howard to four arm. Um, and he also played in the same system that Carson Wentz played in. So he's pro-ready from that standpoint. Now, he needs to work on accuracy and some other things. Then I would go Josh Rosen, then Lamar Jackson, because he played in a pro system as well. 
Then I would go Sam Donald. Then I would go Mason Rudolph because we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk in depth more about this because there's I'm trying to figure out if Mason Rudolph has to sit for a year because he played in a bubblegum offense. What are they? What are they missing? Am I missing something? I could have swore that Oklahoma played in the same bubblegum offense and the same flag football conference as uh, Oklahoma State. So when we come back. We're gonna talk a little bit more in depth about the quarterbacks, and then we're gonna give up uh, who we thought had good drafts, who we thought had bad drafts. So uh, sit tight, folks. Uh, we're gonna pay some bills, and when we come back, we're gonna expand this conversation about. The 2018 draft on the get down with Hurley, excuse me, without Hurley Brown today. (laughs) All right, folks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. is the get down with hurley brown to reach our show today call in to 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to the get down with hurley brown at gmail.com now back to the show all right get down family we back uh the venerable d lou damian lewis is my guest host uh i'm kelvin harris Sitting in as the uh, main host for my former college roommate, Hurley Brown, who, by the way, he did not get drafted, but he was picked up by Washington um, literally right after the draft. He went to the Redskins, uh, which was funny because I remember when we came back from uh, minicamp, he was talking about Desmond Howard and how they were just manhandling him. (laughs) And he was the fourth pick in the draft. He won the Heisman that year. So it's like, you know, so many different experiences. Now, we were talking about these quarterbacks. Like I said, Mason Rudolph, I'm still trying to figure out. Like, I watched Oklahoma State play 
several times this year, and I also watched Oklahoma play. And I'll be honest with you, D. Lou, man, I really like the Mason Rudolph guy. I mean, he's big, he's strong. He actually throws a great deep ball. Now, I know he played in a simple offense, but Oklahoma State coach has a history of guys um, sticking in the league. Uh, Brandon Wheaton is still in the league. Um, so there is some semblance of teaching from a pro standpoint going on at Oklahoma State. Um, now, to, to, to the credit of Oklahoma, Landry Jones, he's still in the league. Now, it was a similar offense, but a different offense. And he got a, he's got the chance to sit and learn under Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, yeah, but, which, and is, since, which is invaluable at this point. You know, Ben, what, got two or three more years left maybe? Yeah, well, it, it ain't going to be his job. Somebody else is going to get that job because they drafted they drafted a quarterback. Uh, I got to look it up. But there's um, – I, I think they've, they've kind of soured on Landry. I mean, he, did, he didn't – he hadn't taken that next step. But he's had a solid career. He's been in the league for a while. I just think Cleveland has set – and the NFL has set Baker Mayfield up to fail because – I mean, Kirk Herbstreet was on the um, on the broadcast talking about his moxie, and he's got this winner's attitude, and he wills his team to win. Look, let's yeah, just be honest. But that's, you know, like I know, Kevin, that's all irrelevant at this point. At the end of the day, Baker Mayfield is barely touching six foot, and he has to sit behind and learn how to play pro-style football. Well, I would hope that Cleveland has enough sense not to throw him out there as a day-one starter because he's not ready. Matter of fact, he's not ready to be a season one starter. So they did well, have well, number one, but he's got to sit back and learn. They can't throw him in. They got to bring him along kind of like they were trying to do with uh, Johnny Manziel and allow him to learn the offense and learn how to play in this pro style because, as we know, the game is not the same as it is in college. You know, pro is a totally different animal than what college football is. Well, I hate to say it, D. Lou. They brought this up. Tom McShay and a couple of people brought it up. There's only been one quarterback, I think, over the last, uh, what, uh, five, six years that didn't play as a rookie. It's like it sounds good, but you got owners who really care more about selling tickets than they do winning. I mean, they tell you they want to yeah, win. but they, And that's the crazy they, part about it because the financial commitment to – a first-round pick is not what it was 10 years ago either. So no, it's not. So you get a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who's a proven week-in and week-out starter. Is he, does he have sexy stats? No, he does not, but he wins. He's a winner. And now you got a young quarterback who has an arm on him and spread the ball around the yard, supposedly. You allow that kid to kind of grow up and learn the offense and kind of mimic what Tyrod Taylor is doing so you can groom him to take over the job. Where Cleveland is in, they're in a position where every quarterback they've drafted since 2000 has failed. Since they've been back yes. in business as a football team, every single quarterback they have drafted has been an absolute failure. So you need to figure it out to do something different. Because you call if you do the same thing every time and expecting a different result. That's called insanity. Insanity. That's just a well, slap in the face of the NFL to continue to do well, this time and time again. Well, actually, it's a slap in the face of the Cleveland fans, but they remind me of that shell-shocked woman who doesn't have any self-confidence. It's like, you know the man cheating, but you just won't let him go. You don't you, you keep you know, taking him back. I mean, Cleveland, I mean, they left 
They left the city and went to another city. They had to give you a franchise. But I mean, they've treated these fans so bad. And I, like you said, so many quarterbacks over the years have been you know, under center in Cleveland. You would think at some point they would slow down and try and get it right. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, there's so many kids that are leaving early now, especially at the quarterback position. The, 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 the one thing that I, I want to take note of right quick is let's look at Deshaun Kaiser. This kid leaves Notre Dame early last year against the wishes of his coach and probably uh, the athletic department. He gets drafted in the second round. They put him in as the starter. He stinks up the joint, and now he's the third-string quarterback in Green Bay. And the reality is he might not even make that team. Now, they'll probably put him on the practice squad because the practice squad rules have changed. Um, He's got a while. He got three years to be on the practice squad. But – you know, these kids need to understand you got to slow it down and you got to realize that they're, you know, spitting guys out quicker than they can get their feet set yeah, in the city. Yeah, we blame that on the parenting, too, because nowadays everything is about instant gratification. Lord forbid your kid have to sit down and wait for something. Lord forbid your kid have to go through something. You know, so I now know. when when you start to reach adulthood and then, you know, like I know, when you get to college and start playing football, that's the first real live slap in the face when a coach tell you, no, nah, I'm going to do what's best for the team, and what's best for you is secondary to me, and you have that conversation. Now all of a sudden you want to buck up and you want to go somewhere else because they ain't treating you right. No, they're trying to groom you and get you ready. But sometimes, you know, kids can't handle that. Or young men can't handle the fact that they have to sit down or do things the way the coach wants it done instead of doing things the way they want it done. And as parents, we hadn't done a good job of preparing them for that type of stuff. So now... You know, here's a kid who ran out early, left Notre Dame, thought he was better than he was, and it didn't pan out for him. So, yeah, he is in a, in a peculiar situation, sitting down and, you know, in a third string on a team that he may not make. And, hey, we had the same thing happen with us down at UM when our quarterback came out early, Brad Kaya. Now, we all know he's just stayed in school another year, but he didn't. Let me tell you so something. Out. Let me tell you and now I don't let even know if he's on the NFL roster at this point. Actually, let me tell you something, D. Lou. I was real close to that situation because I, I – I'm friends with Angela tomorrow. For those of you who don't know, Brad Carr, quarterback at, at uh, University of Miami, his mother was um, in the movie Friday. She was Felicia. So that whole Bob Felicia thing, you know, she's a part of that culture. And she's a good lady, and she loves her son, and they they took a lot of information in. Brad and Coach Rick, I don't think, saw eye to eye particularly on the offense, because to be honest with you, I don't think Coach Rick really trusted the coaching that Brad and all the rest of the guys got. So he was he a little sh- No. And, no. and, and his, no. he didn't. And let me tell you something, D. Lou. I spent all of last year trying to finesse that situation because I saw it coming. And I was, I was like, look, if he stays another year, he's going to win a Heisman. I mean, if he stayed – he would have been in this conversation as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He did, you know, yeah, the one. That's where that conversation comes in. Like, look, I know it hurts right now because you're learning how to play quarterback in a different way, but you have to be coachable and you have to be open to what your coach is wanting to do. All Mark Rick has done is produce quarterbacks. Now, let's call it, let's call it what, and you know, we can say what we want. He's done a great job of being a great uh, coach for quarterbacks. Sit down and listen to what the man got to say and try to transition to what he wants you to do because it seems like when Mark got a good one, they tend to stay in the league and make a lot of money. You know, well, the, so I, the, ironic, the ironic twist about this year was 
the kid we had at quarterback, he wasn't built for the offense that they had last year. That offense was built for Brett. Now, I'll say this. There was some – It's built some, for a quarterback that can throw the ball around the yard. That's what it's built yeah. for. Yeah. And Brett and what happened, didn't see that, and he made a bad decision in leaving early, and now he's paid the ultimate price because he's bounced around and he hadn't stuck anywhere. Well, he's with the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I'm going to be honest is. with so you. So he did get picked up by the Indianapolis Colts. I know he was here. He was uh, with Detroit. Then he came to the Panthers, and the Panthers released him, and I didn't know I didn't know where he went after that. I lost track of him at that point. But you said well, he's I up in Indianapolis. I th- yeah, I tell you something, D. Lou. He got caught up in a in a power struggle in Carolina because okay, I was I was telling Angela when he got released from Detroit. I said, look, this is what they're trying to do. No, uh, uh, I say, look, Detroit. Most teams ain't gonna carry three quarterbacks. They're gonna release him and they're gonna put him on the practice squad and they're gonna let him sit and learn. And she says, yeah, that's what they were saying. They basically told Brad they had a meeting with him and said, look, we're gonna put you on the practice squad. Carolina came in and put him on the active roster. And I thought, oh, oh, that's a cool deal. So I think Dorsey and Mike and Mike Shula liked him. But then I look on the roster and I see they got Garrett Gilbert on there on the practice squad. So they got four quarterbacks. All right. Full disclosure. Garrett Gilbert, dad, Gail Gilbert was the third string quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. When ding ding ding, Bill Polian was the GM. Now, I know Bill Polian ain't been with the Panthers for a while, but I'm pretty sure he still got somebody here over there because they cut bread and then they they activate Garrett Gilbert. And Garrett Gilbert wasn't that good in college. So, you know, but this goes to what I was saying. I, I, I was telling some people the other day, this is what you got to understand about the draft. The lower you get drafted, the quicker you get cut. Uh, case in point, Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers has stunk up the joint in New York, but he was drafted with the 10th pick. His contract is 100% guaranteed. They're going to keep him and get the most out of him that they can because they got an investment. Now, the kid that gets drafted in the 6th, 7th round, or in my case, the 12th round, you become the transaction guy. I went through it. Every time they yes, need because back because back then, you could go on IR for four weeks and come off. So I got cut twice. Get this, D. Lou. They come in on a Wednesday. We go to our meetings, and you're about to go to your individual meetings after the meeting with the coach. Chuck Knox says, hey, I need to holler at you right quick. He says, look, we released you today, but we're going to bring you back in two weeks. Now, I, I released you on Wednesday so you can get a check for this week. Uh, I'm also giving you a playbook for the next two weeks. And I'm looking at him like, you just cut me. <laughs> so I call my agent, and my agent says, yeah, I already talked to the Rams. Yeah, you're still on the team. I'm like, no, I'm not, Tuck. He says, yeah, you are. So I was the transaction guy. So like clockwork, two weeks later, they called me literally right after the game. They say, hey, we need to have your ass at the, at the complex tomorrow. Sign this contract so you can get ready. I was like, what? <laughs> and yes, they sir. brought me back. But if I would have been a fourth or fifth round pick, I wouldn't have gone through that. <laughs> but right. And that's the tough part about this. You know, the money is so good now. Kids think, well, I'm playing for free and um, I can make five, six hundred thousand $600,000. And case in yeah, point. But, that, two- but you know, like I know, that's short-sighted. If you're a junior and you're not a top three-round grade and you're not playing a position that wants, you know, like running back where you have a short life expectancy, it's pays for you to stay your senior year 
Oh, I agree. Well, you get an opportunity well, to get better at your craft, and B, you get an opportunity to be a higher draft pick. Is it a gamble? Yes, but that's why you get an insurance policy. But, well, well, we, we got, you actually get a chance to graduate from school. We actually I mean, got some more. At the end of the day, that's what we do. We go to college to get a degree. Exactly. We got some more examples of good and bad decisions at the University of Miami. Now, the last two years, we've had running backs leave early. Joe Yearby last year, uh, Mark Walton this year. And even though both of them didn't get picked where they should have got picked, Joe ended up didn't get picked, didn't even get picked up. Mark went in the fourth round. But I'll say this. In both situations, I understood why they left and I condoned it because they both were in – Joe Yerby wasn't going to play as much the, the next year. He had kids. Mark Walton's mom died. He had a kid. And it was a similar situation. We, we were loaded in the backfield. So in that situation, it was one thing. Now, the two defensive tackles this year, Kendrick Norton, who went to the Carolina Panthers, by the way, and um, uh, R.J. McIntosh, Mark gave them the draft grade, and they still came out anyway. And it's like the biggest thing I, I, I like to tell these kids is, look, the draft is the Game of Thrones on mega steroids. Look, the NFL is trying to get something for nothing. They don't send you to the combine to see what you can do. They send you to the combine to see what you can't do so they can drop you down and cut your money. And you got so many people in these kids' ears that they don't, they don't see it. They just see that money, D. Lou. They, they're seeing $500,000, but they don't. Like, let's look at R.J. McIntosh. He's in New York. So we got city tax, state tax. So that 500000 is really two fit, maybe about two hundred. dollars <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he ain't got a place to stay yet. He ain't got a car. He ain't bought no clothes. He ain't even been to the club and had a groupie yet. So it's like, you know, uh, listen, when we come back, though, uh, me and D. Lou, we're gonna we're gonna pick um, who we thought had the best picks of the first round and of the draft, and some of the suspect picks. We got a little sidetracked on this because this issue is really, it really it gets to my heart because people don't understand. Once you get into this NFL, it ain't no going back. It's like once the clock, once you turn that clock over, it's over. It don't get returned. So. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk some more NFL draft on the get down with Hurley Brown or in this case today without Hurley Brown become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, Get Down family. It's the Get Down without Hurley Brown today. So, my man D. Lou, Damian Lewis, uh, the 12th pick in the 2001 draft, 10-year veteran with the St. Louis Rams and the Carolina Panthers. And I'm your, your normally your co-host, but now I'm your host today, Kelvin Harris. A uh, year and a half uh, in the league <laughs> with, the, with the Los Angeles Rams. Also got a little Canadian League and a little World League and a little Arena League. So I did the whole tour, D-Lou. Three countries, five leagues. As my boy Sap likes to say, I got cut from every league. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a fun time. Now, looking at the first round, D. Lou, what was your favorite pick of the first round? This year, my favorite pick of the first round. You know I got to go with the big nasty, man. I really like that uh, Chud pick, man. I think this is a kid that can flat out rumble. I think, you know, he's a big defensive lineman, great technique, very active, you know, great body lean, and I feel like he's going to have a month season out in Denver, and that defense with Wade Phillips and uh, over there playing across with Von Miller, I think he's probably going to be the most impactful first-round pick of the entire draft. You know, it's hard to argue with the Bradley Chubb pick, but there's two other picks that caught my attention. The first one is an obvious one. Saquon Barkley to the Giants. I know a lot of people say that the Penn State running backs over the years have underperformed, but it's something about this kid that I like. I mean, he got some old Superman-type abilities in him. And I think what he does for the Giants is now you're able to go play-action, and run the ball and allow Eric Flowers and them, um, them, them old linemen to get on people and lay on people and keep them from having to pass pro 40 times a game, something they can't do well. Um, he also helps the defense because he helps you keep the ball longer. Now, the other pick um, isn't a sexy pick, but, hey, I'm an old lineman, so I'm just like you, uh, D. Lou. I'm going with this Quentin Nelson kid. I really believe, okay, the, the, the Indianapolis Colts, and we talked about this off the air before the show about what the Saints do with um, Drew Brees. They have a good, solid inside with two guards in the center, and they set firm, meaning they set at the line of scrimmage, and they keep the, 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 the middle of the field 
Yeah, no penetration. They keep it clean so Drew Brees can actually still sit in the pocket and he can step up. Well, Andrew Luck is taking more sacks than anybody during the time he's been in the league. So what they've done over the last couple of years, they drafted Ryan Kelly at center last year, and he played most of the year. So this year they come back and draft Quentin Nelson, who I got to be honest with you, he's a straight mauler. I think he can go to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. And then on the other side, they drafted Brayton Smith out of Auburn. He's uh, not quite a polished pass protector, but he's a road grader in the run game. So now you got a solidified inside trio, and that's going to help Andrew Luck stay in the pocket, which will help him stay upright and healthy, which helps the team. So Quentin, I, I'm going to have a tie. I'm going to say Quentin Nel- Nelson and um, Saquon Barkley. Now, on the flip side, D. Lou, what's the pick that you just didn't like at all in the first round? Well, that's a good question. I think the one that kind of threw me for the biggest loop, really, was kind of the Rashad Penny pick by the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Woo! I know, you know, they say that, um, you know, the kid, you know, has all the tools, you know, being able to see the ball out of the backfield and all that kind of stuff, but I just – you know, I just didn't see that as being a uh, first-round pick over, you know, a, a Geis or over a Brad or over a um, Nick Chubb or something like that from Georgia. So that that pick right there kind of like threw me off. I gotta be honest with you, it threw me off too. But then I took a step back, D. Lou. I said, all right. First of all, I did see the kid play, and I said to myself, self, are we on the east and east coast in the middle of the country? Are we being biased about this kid because we didn't we see him? Yeah. <laughs> but when you look at him, he's got the size. And, all right, when I looked at the other guys you talked about, Nick Chubb and, and guys, I'll say this. I know from personal, um, you know, uh, knowing some inside stuff on guys, guys basically um, dropped himself out of the first two rounds. First round and a half. Yeah, there was some other things going on. I'm not going to put the guy's business out there, but uh, cooler heads have prevailed. I got a good friend that lives in Baton Rouge, and he basically broke it down. They, they, they had a talk with the kid, and they got him in the right situation. Doug Williams stuck his neck out for the kid, and I think he's going to be all right. Nick Chubb, I thought, would have been a better pick, but I know why they didn't pick Nick Chubb. They're looking at the knee injuries. So you're looking at Rashad Penny, who doesn't have any mileage, as much mileage on his legs as Nick Chubb. And I'm going to give you know uh, Pete Carroll the benefit of the doubt. He has been a good evaluator of talent, and he knows that West Coast well. So, yes, he does. Uh, but my two picks, I got two picks again. The obvious one, is Baker Mayfield. Then the one that I, that, that you may not, yeah, the one that you may not see is Vita Vea to the Bucks. Vita Vea. Now, it's, yeah, it's not because Vita Vea ain't a great player. I think he does feel a need somewhat, a little bit, but man, they was getting bombed like Hiroshima last year. They need a safety. They needed Derwin James or Mika Fitzpatrick. And I think Mika Fitzpatrick was gone or either, uh, no, I take that back. He wasn't gone. They could have got either Mika Fitzpatrick 
No, or they went the pick before. They went 11 in uh, Texas okay. pick 12. They, well, they could have got Derwin James. Yes, they could. And he would have helped them. But they go with Vita Vea, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking maybe they went that way because there might be some contract issues or they may be getting tired of Jerry McCoy. I, I mean, you know, it just to me it didn't make sense. Well, they're not the same player. Jerry McCoy is your, your, your big size, big body three technique. You know, gets up the field, he, he's good with his hands and stuff like that, and they just went and got Pierre Paul. You know, what they're trying to do is get some pass rush going. And I feel like with a guy like Vita Vell, this kid played running back in high school. And uh, he's a big, athletic, strong kid, very strong in the run game. But he also can get low and rip, move, and push that pocket from the center guard. And as you know, in that NFC South, when you have teams like uh, the New Orleans Saints and Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, they're going to be keen on being strong from center to guard to guard. So you need a defensive tackle that can get in there and mix it up push the guys back and get penetration. Hence why the Carolina Panthers went out and got done Terry Poe and paid him a whole lot of money. And then, you know, the in Tampa Bay goes out and get a guy like Vita Vail. Now they got a solidified defensive line that can flat out shut the run down and get after the quarterback. So, you know, you kind of look at it from a defensive perspective. They're looking to solidify that defensive line and they probably go out here, you know, now that the draft is over with and pick up some seasoned vets. You know, you got guys like Trey Boston, bunch of guys sitting out here that are, that have not gotten jobs yet they got, that they're going to try to go out and get for that secondary. They can still piece a, a decent sec, secondary together here with guys that have played in the league that have not been signed, you know, in that first early rush of free agency. By the way, uh, uh, for disclosure, Trey Boston is a hometown uh, guy for me, Fort Myers, Florida. I thought I'd shout y'all yeah. out. <laughs> now, yeah, and, and you're right. He would be a good pickup for them. Well, the one thing I say about that division is – it's all about the linemen, and I think, you know, they all those teams solidified the linemen. And what you're saying makes sense. It's just that, man, their secondary is just horrendous. <laughs> so, yeah, you but, know, and their offense and their, and their playmaking ability on offense ain't been worth a crap either. Oh, you know? no, no. They definitely got to you know, get that. This is a team that needs to share up their offensive line just as much as any. You know, they're, they're strong on defense, but, you know, on the back end, they give up a ton of passing yards. So, yeah, you have a strong point. I understand what they're trying to do and trying to shore up that defensive line and, uh, you know, kind of piecemeal their secondary together. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Carolina Panthers have done a lot of the same, too. You know, they they did draft the safety with their, in the uh, second or third round. But here's a kid who, you know, he played at Tennessee. You know, you know, Tennessee was a bad system. It was the coach name over there, Butch Jones. But Butch even Jones. In the system, this guy, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a cerebral football player. He's a guy that they – Lined up on the slide, you know, they put him in the box. They tried to no, put him in the which I think he struggled I, with that a little bit. But, you know, uh, I, he wasn't, you know, he's, he's he's not a sexy football player. You know, he's not a show horse safety, but he no. tends to be a workhorse. And I think that's the way the Carolina Panthers went with all their draft picks. They're looking for guys that are workhorses. Yeah. Now, we got to close it up today, D. Lou. D. Lou, I may have to have you back next week because we need to get into some lineman talk because it's bad in the NFL and in college. T- tell the people uh, where, where they can get you at on social media right quick. You can get me at Lewis underscore Damien, hashtag tell them D. Lou on Twitter. Uh, I'm just Damien Lewis on Facebook and uh, D. Lou Kane 92 on, um, on Instagram. All right, folks. We're going to wrap it up today. 
More than likely, we're going to have me and, me and D-Lou back next week. And also, my man, Major Parker, we're going to talk some playoffs. The playoffs getting a little spicy, but this draft was the big thing today. So, until next week, uh, hopefully Hurley can come back with us next week. Uh, I really like what he's doing with Merritt Island. And I told him I would hold it down until he gets it, you know, gets situated. So, I think it's going to be a big year for the Mustangs. So, until next week, uh, this is Kelvin Harris signing off. Uh, for my man Damian Lewis, until next week, it's all about the U. Canes for life. Nuff said. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week. 